3. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. When he saw him, he had compassion on him. And went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring oil and wine, and set him on his own beast. And brought him to an inn and took care of him. And then the morrow, when he was departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay. Lord, bless this time, I pray. I want you to bless this service. I want, Lord, action from above. I want divine penetration in our hearts. Go past our thinkability and during our heart, Jesus, we pray for your word to take course in us. In Jesus' name. My title is The Promise. You may be seated. It was unthinkable to believe that Peter would ask Cornelius the question, Why did you call for me? Here's a man to whom God gave the keys to the kingdom. Without the keys, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You just cannot enter in. And he's asking Cornelius, Why did you call for me? And then began talking to his culture said, You know what? You know, it's not lawful for a Jew who has the key of knowledge of right and wrong to come to the house of a Gentile. Very unbecoming for a man with a key. Very unbecoming. And then Peter had to go home back to his pedigree and tell them why he went because they, they accosted him. They, in fact, they arrested him and said, Peter, we understand you went down to Caesarea and went into some Gentile home and did some preaching down there. And we are upset at you, what you did. Chapter 11, book of Acts. And they berated him and raked him over the coal. Now I'm thinking to myself, how heartless it must have been for these people to behave in such a manner where, where there's a hunger soul, a hungry soul longing to have what Jesus came in this world to offer. And the reason why I brought to your attention, it's amazing how people with the truth can be so cold and indifferent. It happened with every time the United States, in fact, there are parts of the states where certain people cannot go to church. They, they're not welcome in the assembly. They'll tell you, go, the usher will ask you to leave. He doesn't care what your pedigree or, your, I mean, your position is in the social order. Just don't come here. We don't have room for you here. It's like one of those situations, no room for you in the inn. But Jesus Christ... Having sent the seventy out, and they came back, and they were bragging on their miracles. Lord, devils are submitted to us, and, and we've conquered devils, and I'm going to cast out devils. But they we're talking about how they heal people. How people were healed and delivered was not the criteria. They were more concerned about their success more than their significance in the lives of individuals. And the Lord rebuked that and said, No, 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 rejoice because you got signs and wonders following your ministry, because that don't mean you're okay. That don't mean you're safe, because don't forget, Jesus is in, the, is in a bunch of them. Jesus is one of them, and he's the devil. And he's working signs and wonders, and the Lord said, No, 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 that's not why you should rejoice. If you're going to have a celebration right now, let's do it because you're born again. Let's do it because your name is written in the Lamb Book of Life. But don't start dancing over miracles and signs and wonders because that's not what you get to get you in. Because many will come someday and say, Lord, did we not cast out devils and work miracles, etc., and so on? And I will say, depart. I never had a relationship with you. So that's not where it's at. Find out where it's at and get involved with it. But here's the story. There's a man, because the question was asked to Jesus, who is my neighbor? <laughs> Who is my neighbor? And neighbor don't mean geographical positioning either, but neighbor has to do with attitude towards those that are wounded and hurting. 
And the Lord spoke a story or a parable unto them and said, Look, there's a man, certain man, left. It must be a true story because there's a certain man. Certain mean, it did happen. A certain man left Jerusalem going down to Jericho. Mistake number one. You don't leave where God is and go where God is not. All churches are not the same. All kingdoms are not the same. He was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he fell among thieves. And we know how thieves today. Amen. We got guys who steal girls' virginity. Our call will steal family of their loved ones. We know many stealers out there, hookers and prostitutes that break up homes. Oh, they're hollering out there. Gamblers who, who rob babies and feed money. Etc. Many thieves are out there. He went among thieves. And they beat him and wounded him and left him for dead. They stripped him and left him half dead. Might as well let kill him. <laughs> left him half dead. But the Bible says, by chance. I don't think God's people are by chance. I think God positioning you. You are geographically positioned where you are. You're not here by an accident. God set you where you are for a particular reason. It's for you to find out why God placed you where you are. He said that a priest came by. And the priest saw a situation which is a crisis. He knew the guy. He could tell the guy, fell among thieves, stripped, wounded, beaten, left for dead. He knew all that. But that didn't touch his heart. Amen. It's amazing how you can have churchianity but don't have compassion. And so he went on the other side. He went on the other side and said, I don't want to get involved with that situation. I'm too busy going to my temple. And didn't get involved and left the man there to die. Sound like New York to me, or Toronto, or Edmonton. Does it sound like it? Amen. And then, just so happened, just by chance, a Levite came by. And they're both going to the same address. They're on their way to the temple. At least he came and take a look. <laughs> Shook his head. And walked on the other side. And left the guy there. And the Bible says they kept on walking. But then came a Samaritan. Samaritan are the social rejects. Those that nobody wants anything to do with if you got Jewish blood in your system. Because these are, they call them heretics. You know, the, these are the dropouts as far as religion are concerned. But he looked, the Bible says, he came off his beast. Bow down, take a look, inventory, took out his oil, took out his wine, and began to minister to the hurting and to this person that was wounded. And not only that, he picked him up, put him on his beast, and walked. He walked while the other is being carried on his high-cost Cadillac. The camel or whatever it was carrying him. And he carried him, not to the temple, but to the inn. I wonder why we have all these social agencies out there. Is it because the church is fatal? Are they <laughs> mimicking what the church will be doing? Why should we have a suicide crisis center? Why should we have a center for single mothers? Why should we have... For attempted suicide or alcoholics, anonymous, why should they be? Well, there's a church who is equipped, anointed, and appointed by God, by the Holy Ghost. He sent the sympathy out to go do what? Heal the hurt of the brokenhearted, the wounded, the stripped, the stolen of virtues. If they go out there and minister, and don't come back and brag on your success, but come back and brag on your significance. 
Now the priest, the priest, he's more concerned about his ceremonialism than he's concerned about compassion. He's more concerned about his own rituals than the reviving of a wounded soul. And the Bible says, he went on the other side. I do not want to get involved. And he passed him by. Left to that priest, that man would be has been dead. Left to the Levite, that man would have been dead. Now, it was interesting now. You see, priests and Levites, you know how they get support? Tithe and offering. This guy cannot pay them tithe and offering. This guy is of no financial benefit to them. After all, the, the, <laughs> the stealers stole everything they've got. So why even put your hand on him? He can't benefit our church. Hello? So let's go on the other side. Let's find the, the high class, the, the, you know, the social acceptable, and leave the down outers where they are. And so they went on their way. But the Bible said this other person that personified what this church need, a care ministry, compassion, not condemnation, compassion. And the Bible said he banded up his wounds. Not, not add insult to injury, but he, he, he ministered to, his, to, his, to his, his hurt. He was touching a life and was making a difference. This man was hurting. This man had problem. This man was in a, a situation where the devil had hurt him. Now what God's calling the church to is to take a note of this parable. It's a real situation for the church to learn from. Now the priest, he's more concerned about who's going to pay him for his tithe and offering. But here's a Samaritan. He's paying out with no promise of a return. He's helping somebody who cannot return the favor. A total stranger. He's going to minister to him and grant him what others fail to give him. David said, Refuge failed me. No man careth for my soul. So after he ministered to him, you think he would just keep on going his way. That's not what he did. He took him right to the end, right upon the door. It's not his son. It's not his daughter. It's not his cousin. He's a total stranger. My Bible said, be careful. Sometimes you entertain angels unaware. Amen. When they compelled Jesus to come to their home on the eminence journey, they thought they were dealing with a stranger. But they were dealing with Jesus Christ in a different form. And when they invited to break bread with them, when he broke the bread, their eyes got open and realized he's not a stranger. He's actually God himself in the person of Jesus Christ. Then he vanished out of their eyes. I'm telling you, my friend, you never know who you're ministering to. Don't you ever bypass that wounded, that hurting, that person who's seemingly homeless uh, and powerless and worthless and uh, amen and helpless. Uh, that's the kind of person that God wants you to be involved in. The message that Jesus is trying to communicate to the church. Uh, your ministry is not in the building. Your ministry is outside of the walls. If you only minister in the building... Oh, you are just a priest and a Levite caught up with your choir, caught up with your music, caught up with your singing, caught up with your youth, caught up with all these things. But honey, that's not where it's at. That's not where you put the time in. I want you to put the time in in the guttermost and lift somebody up to the uttermost. Get somebody from the outhouse and bring them to my house. Bring the wounded and tell them they can survive in my house. There's hope. There's joy. Unspeakable joy. I'm trying to tell the church, let's forget about ministering in the building. Let's take it to the street. Let's go to the corners and the highways and the byways. Spend more time out there and God say you will be significant. 
God will not bless me for any books I wrote, how many messages I preached, how many conferences I attended. But He want to know how many of you healed wounded hearts, how many homes you put back together. Hallelujah. How many sick have you visited? How many naked have you clothed? How many hungry have you fed? I don't want you to be a priest or a Levite. I want you to be a Samaritan. I want you to be somebody that will talk to the forsaken and the rejects. I want you to go out there and minister to the wounded, the affected, even the robbed, the hurting, the left for dead. That's your ministry. You belong to the victim ministry. Oh, hallelujah. Church. The devil don't mind coming here and sing songs, run the aisles. Just don't touch a hurting souls. Hallelujah. The priest, he's gone there. Nobody knows he passed those people by. <laughs> Nobody knows the Levites passed those people by. Nice fancy garments. Hallelujah. God said, what went he out to see? A man in a fancy robe. No less in king's palaces. But John the Baptist was dressed up for a street ministry. I hear the Holy Ghost telling this church, get out in the streets. Get out in the highways and the byways. I didn't say to a four-wall ministry. I said to a four-square ministry out there in the street uh, where east and west meet and north and south. Uh, that's where the wounded are. That's where the, uh, the rejects are. If you don't do it, uh, then AA will take your place. Dry out center will take your place. Big brother will take your place. Detox center will take your place. I want somebody to rise to God. I will rise to the occasion. Nobody will take my place. It's not about ritual. It's about resurrecting the soul. And reviving a dead situation. Bring my hope to the hopeless. Come on somebody. God says, I don't want a church full of priests. I don't want a church full of Levites. I want a church that's full of Samaritans. I'm coming back to bless Samaritan. He says, take care of him. When the church operate in the highways and the byways, the ministry don't stop there. There's a need for a follow-up ministry. You gotta follow up what you left. Amen. You have to come back and make sure it survive. And that your fruit shall remain. I want to tell you, my friend, God want people to survive being wounded, being hurt, being homeless, being down and out. I'm telling you, church God want is not a church full of priests in nice robe garment and Levi's going to ritual church. I rather you know when I met my wife I said, God, don't give me a girl that can sing or play the piano or play the organ or type or that's I don't want that. Give me somebody that's a soul winner. That's what I said go with souls. That's all that matters, my friend. It's not how pretty you look. Oh my friend, it's not how handsome you dressed. My friend, what really matters? Are you significant? Are you touching a life? Are you touching a person? Are you putting homes back together? Do you bring hope back to the hopeless? Do you bring back somebody to full worth and value to their life? That's called church God wants. Fell among thieves, stripped, wounded, left for dead. Tell you, people in the street are telling you I might be a valley of dry bone, but please don't give up on me. I'm waiting for your prophetic ministry. <laughs> if you just come where I'm at, God, what kind of calling is this? You drop me in a bunch of fossils, dry bones, dry but not hopeless. All they need is a voice from God. My friend, there's word power. I said there's a rhema in the church. There's a locus in the church. When you get anointed, my friend, bones will come to bones. Broken homes will come together. 
broken eyes will be restored. The blinded eyes will be opened. The mute will speak. The lame will leap back up. You know why? Because God is in that resurrection business. Though you were dead, yet shall you live. I'm going to tell my friend, I don't want to be a Samaritan. I don't want to be a priest or a Levite. Let's worship God. Oh, hallelujah. God said, Pastor Neil, tell the church, don't act like Levites. Don't act like priests. That's why there's a New Testament. The Old Testament was full of priests and Levites that touched nobody except their own 12 tribes. That's all they did. Jesus Christ came with a cosmopolitan ministry. Go ye in all the world. Multilingual, multicultural, multi-ethnic, black, white, yellow, pink, green. Bring them all to Jesus. Bring them all to Rainbow Church. Go out in the streets and find them. Make sure you don't bring just the blessed one, but bring the wounded one. So I can heal them. Bring the afflicted one. So I can comfort them. Bring the wild ones. I can bless them. Bring the hurting one. I can turn things around. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Hey, somebody to know things go better with Jesus. How can they know without a preacher? How can he preach except he be sent? And God is sending you not in the walls, but beyond the walls. It's time to go beyond the walls. He said, I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was hungry, and you fed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was afflicted, and you compassion. That's the work of a Samaritan. I'd rather be a Samaritan than be a priest. Or be a, come on, church, a Levite. I'm not caught with a ritual. Maybe I can't play the organs. Maybe I can't play the piano. Maybe I can't sing. But I can touch a life. I can touch a person. I can turn something around for God. Let's worship God. Jesus said, for as much as you did it to the least of one of these little ones here, you've done unto me. Let's worship God. Come on, church. He said, church, when you come back, don't come brag about your miracles, your signs and wonders. But tell me how many lives you've touched. How many have you brought in? How many have you ministered to? Would you raise your hand to God right now? Say, Lord Jesus, give me a revival ministry. Give me a resurrecting touch. Give me the power to restore life and hope to the hopeless. God, give me the ability to reconstruct situation for those who lost hope. I promise you, God, I will not be a ceremonial priest. I will not be a ritualistic Levite. I'm going to say, church, I watch you guys. You guys are faithful. You're loyal. But, oh, church, sometimes I wish to God it was out in the street that same loyalty was. And I hope it was. uh, Because, church, uh, he will not. Talk about my piano playing or my organ playing or my drum beating or my choir singing. And we need those to worship Him. But what to my friend, He left worship behind to come down to save us down here who had no hope. So Jesus Christ put soul saving above worship. I said soul saving is above worship. That's why He left the worship of the cherubs and the seraphims. They cry night and day. Every night when he left that behind, uh, come to seek uh, and to save that which was lost. Uh, the message of the gospel is, leave the 99 and go to the one lost sheep. Uh, go find that lost son uh, or that lost coin. Uh, that's what the mistress uh, teach our young people. So we, in the basketball is the way to go. 
Come on, church. It's not just scoring. It's not just touchdown. It's just significance that really matters. Let's worship God. Am I touching the afflicted? Am I reaching the wounded, the hurting, the robbed? I heard guys go to visit churches. And we have guys who will come here and look around. And look around. And they come around and look and see people with earrings on and lipstick on and pants on and everything that I would say we shouldn't do. You know, they're going to say, Pastor Neil has a compromising church. I want to tell you, friend, the hospital downtown, the only time it's clean is when they're not helping anybody. When they're helping people, it's dirty, it's bloody, it's smelly, it's frantic. It's hectic. It's messy. But when they're not helping anybody, it's sterile. The garments are clean. Everything is in place. They said, Jesus is a lover of sinners. He said, I didn't come to call the righteous. I'm not neglecting them. I'm just trying to tell you. Let me tell you, saints of God, if you have a Bible study to go teach or require practice, go to the Bible study. If you got a soul to reach, amen, and you can't be with the youth, go to the soul. That's called leaving the 99 and go take care of the hurting. Because God said, one soul, repent. Get heaven rocking. Get heaven rolling. Wow, and one soul. Now you got the Holy Ghost yet. They just repent. Heaven start dancing. Children start moving. Seraphim start flopping their wings. Angels start shouting. It's just a repentance. You wait till the Holy Ghost is poured out. You wait till the baptism take place. Ah, come on now. He says, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, Thank you, Father. You reveal us to babes and suckling. Tell John the poor got the gospel. Preach to them. I'm not trying to win doctors and lawyers. If they come, so be it. But oh God, give a skin roll. Somebody who's pouring out. When they come back, there'll be that one good Samaritan who gives thanks and says, Thank God. You know what God says? If you got no need, I don't need you either. You know, I watch people come to the church from the world. Come to the church. Don't know our ceremony. Don't know our rituals. And sometimes the big brother rose up. The big brother is not even excited. That little brother came back home. He's worried about how long he's been here. And have been treated that way. Get off your high horse. It's not about you. It's about, this part of today is about him. He's revived. He left the slop. He left the pigsty. He came back to the Father's table. He deserves celebration. Ah, come on now. Come on now. Come on now. It's not about you, son. It's about the one that just came back. I want to tell you, God said, I'll marry the backslider. If you're a backslider, God will marry to you. If he can turn around, if you're a lukewarm, God can heat you up. I say, God can put fire into you and baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Hallelujah. Let's go in a stranger for God. Let's bring the naked and clothe them. Let's bring the hungry and feed them. Let's get the sick and heal them. Come on, church. Let's comfort the afflicted. Ah, come on now. Let's afflict the comforted. Let's worship God. God says, Hallelujah. I'd rather be today a Samaritan because Samaritans do things Jews never do. Jews have the spirit of entitlement. I'm entitled to be. God will change the entire sermon 
in a crowd of 20,000 for one person. He walked away from the 12 to talk to one Samaritan woman because he saw no footprints from Jerusalem going there. Hallelujah. Did you notice the good Samaritan didn't ask the man, why were you so silly going down to Jericho? You know what that? He focused on needs, not problems. Can you see possibilities in people who have come short, dressed short, don't know the rituals, don't know the ceremonies that we pass through? Huh? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes we're our worst enemy. You know, we do things to please the crowd. Peter had to justify what he did to, to, the, to the Jews. He didn't have to. Paul didn't. Hallelujah. Paul said, I'm just not disobedient. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, well, why are we going down to Jericho in the first place? None of your business. Your business is heal me. What would happen if this church stopped worrying about ceremonialism and ritualism and start seeing needs? Not towns, but touching souls. God won't bless me for sermons I preach, but He's going to bless me for lives I've touched. Hallelujah. Let's worship God. They are wondering why is Jesus talking to this woman? Why? Oh, because she's a Samaritan. What you reject is what God accepts. God can do anything with anything. Even turn a demoniac into a soul winner. A crippled man in a witnessing church. Hallelujah. You know the impact of touching one, what it means? One girl touched Jesus and everybody else start following her. Amen. And Jesus had to send away the twelve, because he knew they wouldn't allow him to talk to that lady. They'd block him. He said, look, I need some bread. Go buy some bread for me, please. Does he need bread? He can turn stone into bread. Does he need bread? No! But he's looking for a way out. to get a way into her. He knows she's hungry. He knows nobody's going to talk to her. She's ill repute. And he says, I must... Go. You know, that story the night about obsessed? He was obsessed. I must go to Samaria. I did a girl come in there. I want to meet her. No, you can talk to her, but I will. She did for Jesus what the twelve never done. She brought an entire city at the feet of Jesus. You want to see this church grow? Go get an alcoholic. Get the city drunk. Get the city prostitute. Let him get up a, a trade. Let him get up his bottle. And everybody will say, It's not this now. Isn't this Mary out of whom Jesus cast out seven devils? But no, sir. She got the seven spirits of God now. Not seven devils. The seven spirit of God. That's what happens when people turn around, my friend. Woo! Hallelujah. She said, Come see a man. There are people that God's going to save will not be like you become secret disciples. <coughs> you know who secret disciples are? People who are ashamed to testify who they are. Ashamed to bless their food in public. Ashamed to testify in church. Ashamed to confess who Jesus is because it may not be popular. She didn't care. She dropped everything she was doing. And when the heart got touched, she ran. I said, she ran. And she started telling. You know, they told my mom one day. It was some quiet down. I haven't quiet down yet. I don't intend to. 
Hallelujah. An addict, when he's addicted, all he wants is what? Another fix. Another shot. They'll go to any extreme, including murder, to get what they want. This woman dropped her pop and she ran. They saw what she is. Jesus saw what she could become. Hallelujah. The Pharisees and the priests were more concerned about the impact he may have on them rather than the impact they could have on him. Of all the leaders in the world, where have you ever seen a Levite or a priest ever touch a leper? For fear of contamination. But Jesus Christ touched lepers. And he never became a leper. I went to pray for a lady one time upon request. And they lied to me about what she had. But she got to put on this garment. And God said, mm, I said, put them on. Yeah, but I give you immunity. If I send you, I will cover you. If I send in the storm, I can take you through the storm. I don't care what you rock it down done. God told Paul, you're going to see Caesar. And I don't care what the wind said, the shipmaster said. I want to tell you, church, nobody can come here and defile this church if we live right. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in them. Ah, come on now, somebody. There's a greater power called the power of the Holy Ghost. It's inside of me. It's greater than the one they got. Their God is not like my God. And their rock is not like my rock. Upon Christ the solid rock I stand. And when the ground is sinking sand, I'm trying to tell somebody, God is still the I Am, the Almighty, which was and is to come, the God Almighty. Church, God said you've done well, but I want you to do better now. Take what you're doing to the street. Take your instrument downtown and play it. Oh, I lost you now. I have done in McMurray. I'll take my cord and my guitar and play right in the corner downtown. Hallelujah. I want them to know who I am, what I believe. I said, Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. I didn't care what they thought about her. When she told them, with a fire burning in their heart, they came. You know what they said? First we came because of what you said. But now we've heard for ourselves. And we're staying, not because of you, but because of the impact it had on me. I'd rather be a Samaritan than be a priest and a Levite. Would you wave your hands right now? If children won't come to church, why don't you have Sunday school in their own house? Who said church has to be in a building? My God, what scripture and verse told you that? Where do you find that you have to have church here every Sunday morning, every Sunday? You don't have to, we don't want to. But wherever two or three are coming together in, in, in the name Jesus, he said, I'm right in there to form a majority against the adversary. Just come together in my name and I will meet you there and I will stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost and you will see the hurt got healed, the blind see, the deaf hear. That's why miracles don't happen in the building because God's not trying to entertain us. He wants to help somebody outside. The gifts are not for entertainment. God said, I heal nine lepers. Tell them, one 
Samaritans and nine Jews. Church, with every time you feel like you're entitled to your rights in this church, you're backslidden. When you feel you have arrived, or you've been here the longest, not the longest friends how you serve. You can spend 25 years driving nails. You don't have 25 years experience. You've got one year experience. Oh! This is not my church or your church. It's His church! I will build my church! When it becomes my church, it's no longer His church. I'm going to tell you somebody, we are His disciples. We are His witnesses. And God said, go touch the hurting and turn them around. Give people hope to the hopeless. He said, didn't I heal? Didn't I heal ten? Just a man here. He has disciples. They're counting, yeah, ten. But only one came back. And gave thanks. Hallelujah. You know, the best people of God for each in this city are people who are totally dumb to the Scripture. Let me tell you who God can't reach and have a hard time reaching. People who think they're saved and they're not saved. He could not reach the Pharisees. He could not reach the Sadducees. Because they felt they don't need him. Huh? They got it down pat. They knew the ritual, the washing of the pats. Come on. The turning the plates over. The phylactery. They could tell him, oh, every law works. But they couldn't tell you how to heal somebody. Hello? This lady for 38 years had this problem. And they know she had it. Amen! And they were willing to leave her in that condition. And they call Jesus Samaritan, by the way. Do you know that? So they call him Samaritan. See, he has a devil. He's a Samaritan and the devil. But I told him. And Jesus saw his lady. He said, He said, Lady, stand up. He turned her back up. And boy, they attacked him. Can you rejoice if a sinner comes in here and gets seen more blessed than you have been blessed? Can you still shout? Well, Lord, I've been here so long, and you never gave me that. Hang on, baby, you're not home yet. You're not home yet. I just want to discover. I want her to discover that I'm a miracle working God. That I'm a miracle worker. I'm a wonder. Uh, come on now. God's got to work a miracle to know that He's God. When argument can't win it, they can't deny the miracle. It's indisputable. It's indestructible. It's irreversible. You can't deny God just healed this woman from 38 years of problems. I'm sorry, church, but I'm going to close. But hang on here, please. Jesus said only one guy came back and gave thanks. I find the people who stay in church the most are those who recognize they know the least about Jesus and they're so thankful for where he dug them out from. Mm. Paul never forget the Damascus journey. Have you forgotten your journey? Where he met you? Have you forgotten where he picked you up? Dusted you off and turned you around. I serve him not from fear. I serve him because I love him. I'm driven by love. Hallelujah. That man went home whole. Not just healed, but whole. Can you see why I want to be a, a Samaritan? Because Samaritan has no feel entitled. But oh, you feel privileged. I'm a privileged person. I am privileged to be in the presence of this Jesus of Nazareth who left worship 
behind to be with my worries and my crisis and my trials and my boxing state and my tribulations and my crosses. He came and get bloodied and nasty and dirtied up just for me. He came that long distance. But even angel question, why would you do that? When you got all this worship up here. Philip went down to Samaria. Come on, somebody. Let's stand. He went down to Samaria. He went down to Samaria. Hallelujah. And the Bible said, I must ask you guys not to move when I'm preaching, please. Stay put. Amen. Unless you have to go in a crisis. Amen. But here is a situation. Who can I send down to Samaria? I can't send Peter. I can't send these guys. For them it's all about skin and not sin. For them it's all about race and not grace. Who can I send? A little old deacon by the corner somewhere. He picked him up and dusted him off and said, Hey, Philip, I got a job for you. It's not in this building right here. I got a building for you. I got a job for you. I want to go out there. You're an apostle. You're a pastor, a teacher, and a prophet. Just a deacon. Supposedly, just a deacon. Right? Hello? Right? He's not the most archbishop. Hello? Sermonizer, just the ordinary. Serve tables. God don't care what you serve, just do it right. Titles don't impress God. Consecration does. Devotion does. Commitment does. If you are committed, God will elevate you in due season. But you're going to do it, friend? Not put money in your pocket? Oh, no. That won't last. But eternal currency is a soul. He says, all the rich in the world cannot compare to one, the weakest among us. It's worth more than the entire world. Go down to Samaria! Hallelujah. He went down to Samaria. Hallelujah. And start to preach. Now, church, I want to tell you right here. Please, you know, you guys all give Simon the Saucer a bad rap. I don't really have to rethink about it. There is no true preacher in town. Hello? Nobody there got the hold of the truth. Simon saw a need, and Simon decided to step forward and fulfill that need. Wrong way, wrong method, wrong source. But he's trying to meet the need. And for a while it works, it bewitched them. You know, it, sorcery sometimes work. It does work. Believe you me, they can do stuff you didn't, you didn't know on your own. But now truth comes. You can't blame people for the little they know. You can't take away what they have until you can give them something better. You can't pull the rug from on their feet until you put a ladder there. And we sometimes like to ram the truth down somebody's throat instead of feeding them milk. And problem. Hello? Hey, you know, Christian Hill, come here, come here, please. One reason why our churches can't grow. Now, I don't mind, don't get me wrong now. You just came to church, you came with the wrong kind of clothing, we're going to strip you. That's the Pharisees, that's the Levites. You got the wrong clothes on. You got the wrong hat on. Wrong shoes on. I don't care how you look on the inside. I want to fix the platter up outside. But the cup is not washed on the inside. So Jesus had no problem sitting down with bad people. Because he knew those bad people become good people. <laughs> he said, I'm with you. We're going to be in you. I'm more concerned about what's in you than what's on you. You hear that? I'm more 
have said about us in you, but what's on you. Because when he built the tabernacle, he starts from the inside out. We're not going to build this church like a Levite. We're going to pass a lot of people by. Or a priest. It's not going to happen. He said, I didn't come to condemn the world. I didn't come to condemn the world. Well, she's caught in adultery. The very act, first of all, they're, they're, they're wrong because where's God? God's not there. But she's in adultery. Stoner! See? We're good at judgment, but poor at mercy. You want to see something here? Get two of the kids. I said, no, this kid is something wrong. And this kid is going to judge this kid. How should we punish this kid? Now, the kid will say, whip him a hundred times. Kids talk like that. Jesus said, go down, Philip, and do this. Amen. Philip preached... And Simon the sorcerer was no threat to him. You said, Simon the sorcerer and Philip never had a conflict. In fact, he believed the wisdom of Philip impacted Simon. Thank you, Sister Neil. That even Simon believed, church, if you're going to be a priest, and a Levite, you'll be more concerned about winning the argument than winning the soul. At the well, Jesus wants to win our soul, not the argument. Hello? Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. And the city, the Bible says, all that were oppressed were released. This church, do we lift burdens? Do we feed the hunger? Do we clothe the naked? Can we hear the cry of the unborn? Or do we just pass them by and come here and let Pentecostal show down all we can dance. What do we do? What do we do, church? <laughs> Philip, go down there, Philip. Go down there. And don't be afraid. And he preached Jesus Christ. And the city got blessed. One man touching so many lives. Boy, he said, I better call Peter and show him this. And show John what I'm doing. Let's call Peter and John and show what I'm doing. But they may get the Holy Ghost now. And Simon is a guy who recognized a gift in a town when he saw one. He recognized power because when he saw the downpouring and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost, you know he said? I want that too. Nothing wrong with wanting it. It's the way he wanted it. And God knew he was not being evil. He just didn't know better. Come on, church. Somebody paid their billing this week. You know what I said? God forgive him or curse. My first attitude is anger. But I said, listen to me now. Didn't God see that? Why didn't he defend it? Why didn't he defend it? He didn't. But I'm sure he talked to the guy's mind. He talked to his mind. Come on now. And when Simon saw it, he said, sell it to me. This is not for sale. The priest and the Levites are concerned more about tithe and offering. And they know they're disqualified from the ministry. They won't get paid. You know what happened? They said, we will not get defiled. Can you imagine me sitting beside somebody who got ill reputation, trying to witness to them, and one of you sanctimonious saints passed me by and said, guess who I saw Pastor Neil with? Guess who he picked up in his car? Guess who he's having lunch with? Can you believe it? 
The church is going to the dogs. And if all the cell phones start working, never crossed your mind one time that you won't reach them, so I got to go where you won't go. Shakamahaya. The Holy Ghost will go where you won't go. No matter what you say. Let me tell you, friend, there are people in our world who have the Holy Ghost that never went into a Jesus name Pentecostal church. You know, you don't believe that. I can show scripture for it. I will pour my spirit on, 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 on all flesh. And I said, now look, boys, but truth is going to come and lead them into all truth. Now, there's a guy down there called Philip. He's an African. Who's going to meet an African guy down there? Nobody's going to go there. I said, Philip, you're turned on. You got no hang up, no barriers. You know my title? You can say, well, Lord, it's not my department. I'm not a minister. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a bishop. So send, send Peter. That's his job. No! God called you to do it right now. And he ran, church. That's passion. He ran to the desert. How far did he run? I don't know. But one thing I know, he outran the horses and caught up. Somebody in this church. Hallelujah. I know who passed you by so many times. But God said, I don't want to pass you by this morning. Your needs must be met. Your needs must be met. And God want to fulfill that need this morning. And there's a Philip in this church. There's a Jesus in this church. that want to meet your needs. I don't care how wounded you are. How grieving you are, how hurt you are. Maybe you hang up on the past. Maybe somebody don't think you're worth anything, but God says, one soul is worth more than all. Than all. And this is this is my message right here. It says, I'm coming back to visit where I dropped you off. I'm coming back. And when I come back, whatever you pay to work on that souls, I repay you. And peace the Lord, I've forsaken all to follow you. What will I get? He said, Look, in this life, I give you two pence. And there's more to come. Your eyes have not seen what I got prepared for you that have spent all to follow me. Most people God bring in the presence of the Lord, you have to spend more time and more energy and more cash and more whatever to bring that person back to God than they can bring any value to God. In, in possibility, they bring nothing back to God except problems. Their problems, their baggage and their troubles and their, and their heartaches and their crisis. But this is a crisis center. This is not for the for that reason. That, that's why God sent them here to us. Amen. They can't help you. But you got to help them. And everyone. Don't be a clique. Be covering. Would you bow your head right now? Some said, Lord, I've forsaken all the Father. You guys, when I come back, I'll pay you. I'll, I'll pay you back for all that you did for me. Long hours. You, you, you were going tired. You were going hurting. You were going home because of a late Bible study at somebody's house. Late at night. And next morning, go to the six o'clock bus to catch, to go to work. Everybody run home from church. You can't do it. You spend time on the altar crying, weeping, burdened by for a soul. A little girl touched Naaman. Sing it. Lift up Jesus. And Jesus said, Come. To the water Stand by <laughs> My side oh. Cause I know That you're thirsty oh, 
God, no, you're first. You won't be denied. Oh, yes. I saw every tear when in darkness you cried. And I strove to remind you. Sing it. That for those tears I died. Who are you talking to this Jesus that come come. to the water stand by. Come on! Well, I know you are thirsty. I know you're thirsty. You won't be the 